how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to the Creative Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. Over the past 200-plus episodes, I've had the good fortune of speaking with dozens of screenwriters, actors, and directors, such as Aaron Sorkin, Mel Brooks, Carrie Fukunaga, Whitney Cummings, Michael Imperioli, and William Monaghan, among others. We've dissected ideas on story, character, filmmaking, habits, and various principles for creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also find several of these interviews on the Creative Screenwriting Magazine website, in addition to some that aren't available in audio, such as with Nick Kroll or Stephen Merchant. In addition to the podcast, also make sure to search for the new video essay series on YouTube, also called Creative Principles, where we take a deep dive into movies and television. Join millions of viewers for subjects like the 16 personalities expressed as characters, Did Home Alone, Rowan John Hughes' Career, The Greatest Movie Never Made, and How Jackie Chan Creates Perfection Through Failure, among many more. That's Creative Principles on YouTube. Jonathan Millett and Carrie Murnion met while working on animation projects. They created a short film in the horror comedy genre called Boob that was accepted at South by Southwest and that started their career. Thanks to this short, Elijah Wood's company called to see if the duo wanted to pitch about a project called Cooties. Thanks to their perseverance, they eventually landed the job. More on this in the interview. For their latest project, Becky, it's about a teenager played by Lulu Wilson and her weekend at the lake house with her father when it takes a turn for the worse and a group of convicts wrecks havoc on their lives. In this interview, the directors talk about pace and character, what makes a good horror comedy, how to enhance the premise, how they divide up responsibilities as a directing duo, and how Joel McHale and Kevin James, two comedians, came on board for these unusual roles in Becky. If you enjoyed this interview, join millions of viewers for the new YouTube video essay series, also called Creative Principles. Carrie and I met at uh, Parsons School of Design. We were doing animation and graphics. Um, coming out of that, we, we started our own, our own kind of advertising business. Uh, on the side, we would just mess around with animations and our own projects, um, just staying creative and just doing our own thing. And that led to us doing a short film called Boob that got into South by Southwest. And um, it was a horror comedy uh, about a boob that jumps off of uh, a, 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 a woman's chest, <laughs> a, a, a fake boob. Um, but yeah, you should look that one up because uh, it's, a, it's a funny start to a, a film career. Um, but so that led to South by Southwest, which led to... Um, Elijah Wood's company, SpectraVision, giving us a call and asking if we wanted to pitch on Cooties. Um, so we, we did that, and um, we did Cooties, and then we made Bushwick after that, and then uh, that led to uh, us making Becky. What do you kind of look for in a script? Do you feel like, I mean, obviously that led to uh, these movies, as you mentioned, but what are some of your criteria you look for? Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because um, I, I would say 
we look for a lot of different things. Um, and I think this is a great example of something different that we were looking for. A lot of times I would say, you know, we really look at uh, characters, um, the pace, um, and a, a lot of things that we feel make a good script. And I think that was what was interesting about this script was at first, maybe all the elements that we usually look for weren't there. Um, but when we first got this script, we just really thought the premise had a lot of potential. Um, so that's what drew us to it. It was like a, this idea of a 13-year-old girl uh, reaping revenge was something that we hadn't really seen before. Um, so that's what kind of really got our attention. And so when we pitched it, that was mainly what we said we wanted to do was really develop the character, make sure she has the motivation to do this revenge, um, and then make sure that it delivers on the, pro the premise. Um, because we feel that that just happens so much with films is that they promise so much. And then, you know, with the trailers or the posters or the marketing, and then you get into the, the movie theater and you're just a little underwhelmed or it doesn't fulfill what um, you think it's going to. So that was basically... Uh, what we wanted to do was, as we developed it, was make sure that you get into the theater and you're kind of blown away because it exceeds what you you thought it might. What are some of the benefits of working with like like Kevin James, like a primarily comedic act, actor, and Joel McHale on something like this? And how did they get involved with the project? With both of them, uh, we we knew we wanted to cast a bit off, off out of type. We wanted to get characters that. Um, were really charismatic, really intelligent, um, people that you might not suspect would be a certain way, or you expect to be one way, and then when you see them, they're just completely different. Um, and immediately when we started talking to both of the actors, um, it was very clear that they were on board with um, finding a different tone and a different type of uh, place than they had ever done before. Um, so that was exciting. Um, a, a funny story with uh, uh, getting... Joel on board was that there was a lot of shifting in the in the um, casting, and originally we had Kevin was going to play the father character, and then he shifted into the the main antagonist character. So when that happened, we were left with a hole for the father character, and we were already on um, pre-production up in the farmland of Canada, pretty much in the middle of nowhere, and there was no phone reception, but we were still casting. So when we got the chance to talk to Joel McHale we couldn't do it because we didn't have any phone reception. So our, our kind of go around was we found a restaurant, pretty much the only restaurant for miles around that had Wi-Fi. So we pulled our car up, put our phone on their Wi-Fi, and did a FaceTime call with them in the back of this restaurant. Um, so as we're doing this FaceTime call, Joel McHale is asking us if we're driving around while doing this call, like, what the hell are we doing? Um, the, the restaurant owner is yelling at us. Um, it was just the most least Hollywood way to do casting you can imagine. Um, but just kind of uh, a, a good example of what you kind of have to do to make movies happen. Um, but so we talked to him, uh, even though he had a tour and he was going to have to fly in and out in between shooting to all around the United States to do his tour. Um, he was really, really excited about the part and working with us. And he um, basically did that. He, you know, he did everything he could to to get on set and and um, lie face down in the dirt for us. 
How do you prepare for something like like that moment you said in the phone call? And I imagine lots of these things happen. You mentioned kind of having to switch actor roles uh, momentarily in, in the filming process. Does it help having the partnership? Like, how do you prepare for these really crazy, spontaneous moments? Definitely. I think that that is one of the main things that we do as a, as a directing team is we prepare a lot beforehand. Um, so once we get on set, um, you know, you're kind of ready for for any of these challenges. But I think one of the things we've been saying about this film is that it checks all the boxes of ways to complicate a, a production. We had kids, we had dogs, we had stunts, we had uh, water, we had night. Um, and, you know, it's like, it was just like on set, there was just a, at every moment there was a zinger or a, some kind of crazy thing being thrown at you. Um, another great example of something that you absolutely cannot predict would happen is uh, we had two dogs in, on the day we were shooting in a car, and we had uh, these um, these dogs are gigantic. They're carnic corsos, uh, carnic uh, corsos, carnic corsos, which are you know gigantic. They're bigger than um, uh, pit bulls and just big dogs, and they were both in heat. Uh, or one was in heat, so the other one was uh, trying to uh, execute on that heat <laughs> without getting too graphic. So. You know, we're in a car, we're driving around. That's already a difficult thing to do because as a director, you're not necessarily in that vehicle. So you're walkie-talkie, um, communicating with the actors. And um, all the while, we have a, a 13-year-old girl and two dogs trying to make love over her. Um, so it's just moments like that that I think are actually some of the most fun and crazy and exciting times on set, but also just uh, challenges that you could never predict you'd have to, to deal with. How do you guys kind of uh, pitch yourself as a directing duo and what advice might you have for that? Like I've spoken to some and they like, they'll say, I do this, he does that. Others will say they're exactly the same. Like, how do you guys kind of see yourselves? Yeah, I think the the biggest thing with us is that uh, we have, over 15 years of experience as a directing team, um, much more than that, working together on animations. Um, and that's kind of where we got our, our methodology for working. It's, it's through animation and that collaboration. Um, and even in the animation, the idea of uh, pre- preparing and planning and storyboarding, um, because even though you have maybe the chance to revise a frame with, animation, it's just more expensive and time consuming. So you really just have to plan and make sure that you're on the same page moving forward. So I think that's, that's really the, the main benefit uh, of a directing team like us is that we come in really prepared and um, assured of what we want to execute on the day of production. So in a sense, you we like to think that you get two for the price of one with us because um, you know one of us can be really in the thick of it on set and then the other can be back at the monitor um, looking at a gigantic monitor um, instead of the handheld monitor and, and making sure that nothing is slipping through the cracks visually. Um, so in, in our minds, it's, uh, it's kind of the, the, the best way to do it. What are some of the other benefits of having like a director team outside of kind of filmmaking? Like as you guys are choosing projects and considering things or maybe writing ideas together, what does your off time kind of look like together as a partnership? Well, it's nice because um, we can, we can basically, you know, always keep things um, going. So, 
you know, while Becky's happening um, and John's kind of taking the lead on Becky, then, you know, I can also, you know, start working on developing the next project we're going to go on. So, you know, where as some directors, you know, you have to focus, you have to really focus on that movie and you, you spend months doing it and it's hard to then get going on the next project where, you know, so right now after Becky's done, we have, we have about five different projects that we've been, I've, that both John and I, you know, while John's been focused on Becky, we've been kind of working on these things. So we're, we're always like, we're always keeping things going. Uh, we're able to kind of do lots of things at once and, um, and never feel like we're, we're falling behind on anything. Is there any, uh, if you could go back, uh, maybe give yourself advice between that short getting picked up and making some of your first features or any advice you'd like to pass on, what, what might you um, pass on to young filmmakers? I know this is a, a, it's almost cliche at this point, but I think really the, 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 it's, it's the easiest advice to give and probably the toughest to execute is persistence. Um, I, I can't even, uh, explain the amount of rejection, um, projects that we've won that we have a we have a running joke of um ways that we've lost projects um and i think any director anybody in any creative uh field will will feel feel this pain um but it's really you know it's like you just have to have that persistence and belief in yourself and um and a strong vision because um in the end you know you just have to believe that you're going to, you're going to somehow make, make it and, and, and get your projects made because yeah, there, it's just a really, really tough environment. And I think, um, uh, you just have to keep, keep on pushing. And, and just, I mean, a, a, a real world, real, a real world example of that is our first film cooties. You know, you know, John mentioned that we had a short film that kind of led to us pitching on cooties, but we didn't win cooties. Um, they picked another director uh, and they and the producers told us, oh, you know, your your number two, you know, was really a close call, and you know, we we thought that's very nice of them to say, but you know, and we moved on, and we kept in touch with the producers because we we didn't take it as a slight, like we we actually loved Cooties, we wanted to do well, even though we didn't win it, so we kept in touch with them. We always asked how they were doing, you know, what's going on with that project. Well, six months later, they call us and they say, look, something's happening with the director that we chose. It's not working out. Do you guys still like cooties? Do you still want to do this? And that was on a Friday. And we said, yes. They called us back half hour later. They said, can you get on a, on a plane, come, out, come to L.A.? We were in New York at the time. And we flew out to L.A. And we spent the next four or five months, you know, both. They can, we met with all the financiers and producers to prove that we could do it. And then we directed our first feature. And so that was us, like, not... You know, when we didn't win that, we didn't say, oh, you know, screw them. We, we kept it. We, we loved the project and we kept on talking about it. And, and then we were, we were ready. We, we were ready when they called on that Friday to say yes to do it. Um, and, and that kind of led to where we are now. And that is our show. Thanks again for tuning in. If it's your first time, make sure to hit that subscribe button on SoundCloud or iTunes. Also check out the new video essay series on YouTube called Creative Principles. And give us a review. That's one of the best ways to help share these interviews. Thanks again.